Hey, good morning. How are you doing today? Good to have you here on this Sunday morning. Um, I got a really big question I want to ask you as we get started, all right? So I need you to listen to this question very closely. I need your participation. How many of you have gym equipment in your house? Treadmill, elliptical, thigh master, any of those type of things? Someone earlier said shake weight. Don't raise your hand if you have a shake weight, please. All right, so quite a few of us have, uh, have workout equipment in our house. Now, I don't want you to raise your hand on this one because I don't want to embarrass anybody. How many of you actually use that equipment that's in your house? And I don't mean to hang up wet clothes, okay? I'm talking about actually using. Right, that's a different question, isn't it? Why, why is it that we purchased gym equipment that, um, that we have that we don't use, right? Because at one point in time, we had these big plans. Maybe you looked in the mirror one day and you're like, man, I need to get in shape. Or you went to the doctor and the doctor was like, oh, you really need to work on yourself. You need to get healthy. And so we went out and we spent a bunch of money on this workout equipment. We brought it home. We put it in this room. And man, we went to town for three weeks. And then we were just done. But why? What happened? Well, you know what? We got busy. Work's starting to pile up, or, or maybe you got to this point where you were too tired to work out in the evening, or maybe you were one of those people that like to get up at 5 in the morning, and you're like, this is what I'm going to do, and now you're like, man, I just want to sleep that extra hour, and, and then you throw kids in if you've got kids, and that just totally messes up your workout routine. Something changed, right? But, but now you walk past that equipment every so often, and you look at it over there, and it's got some boxes on it, and it's got some clothes that are hanging from it that you don't even wear anymore. And here's what you say. You say, someday. Someday I'm going to get back on that equipment. Someday I'm going to get in shape. Someday I'm going to work out again. Not today, but someday. When you think about that word someday, it's a pretty powerful word. And honestly, if you think about it, it really begins with good intentions. Like, like we look at our, our bodies and we think to ourselves, I need to get in shape, I need to get healthy, and we have these really good intentions to get healthy. And so that's why we go out and we buy equipment that we put in our house. We're like, I'm going to do this. But those good intentions too often, and something like working out, that's all they are. Because we keep saying someday. We keep coming back to someday. But it's not just in our area of working out that we think this or do this. It really is in every area of our, our lives. We, we have these good intentions, right? We have good intentions. We say, hey, I want to change. I, I want to be different. I want to get out of, of debt. I want to work on my marriage. I, I want to uh, go to counseling. I want to follow Jesus better. And we have these really good intentions to do these things. But what keeps popping out of our mouths? Someday. Not, not right now. I really do want to work on these things, but I don't want to do that right now, but someday I will. And so that's what I want to talk about over our time this morning. I want to talk about the power of that word someday as we actually finish up this series called Welcome. Now, if uh, you haven't been here, let me kind of give you a quick synopsis of this series. The very first week, I talked about how we are, we are created to be in relationship with one another. The second week, we talked about how in the setting here on Sundays, we sit in rows. And in rows, we get principles, we get truths. But, but what really, where life change really happens are in circles, in groups. And, and so we talked about being in circles. Uh, last week, Joel talked about refrigerator rights. Remember that? And he, he talked about the, the importance of building these deep, long-lasting relationships with other people. 
And, um, and I can tell you that, that many of you have listened, and uh, because in this series we've been inviting you to be a part of a group. Uh, I'm guessing that for some, whether you came from another church at some point, or maybe even a part of the journey here, like you've said someday to groups, right? You, you said, hey, that sounds great. Yeah, I should do that. Yeah, that would be important. Someday I'll join a group. Well, a bunch of you actually kicked someday to the curb, okay? Um, because as of Thursday, this number's probably changed up till now, but as of Thursday, we have 236 people, adults, who have signed up for groups. Now, if we look at our average attendance of adults on a Sunday morning, that's like over 60% of adults are like, hey, we're going to check out a group, okay? Now, I know some of you, you signed up for a group and you're not going to show up for the group. Now, we don't want you to do that. We want you to actually show up, check them out. This is a great week to do that. But here's the number that I love even more. 77 of you are jumping into groups for the very first time here at The Journey. Like, to me, that is amazing. That is incredible. You stop saying someday, you're like, hey, we're, we're going we're gonna to see what this mess is all about, right? And so our groups actually start this week. Um, Emily was talking about that a little bit earlier. Uh, if you're in a Sunday group, those are starting today. Like, our group starts today. Uh, if you're in other groups, they, they meet during the week. That's starting this week. You can still sign up for groups. Uh, outside in the lobby area, there's a big old map. And after the service, there's going to be some people out there. If you've got questions about groups, if you want to know more about what groups are all about, stop by there. They'd love to answer your questions about groups. But, but this morning, I kind of want to take a step beyond groups and, again, talk about the power that someday has over us. It's interesting to me that if you look in Scripture, you see event after event, episode after episode, story after story in people's lives, where they had an opportunity to make a choice. And so there's, there's sort of this choice that's there in front of them. And oftentimes, in fact, I think almost every single time, it's a choice that either God has given them or Jesus has given them. And they can either choose to, to do what God has asked them to do or to follow Jesus, or, or they could choose to say, someday. Now, there's a couple of stories where we see people that have chosen that. But, but many times they, they take that step toward listening to God or, or following Jesus. And so I want to look at a story in Luke chapter 5 where I, I think we see uh, something that's uh, very similar to the life that we live and, and where this person has a choice to make to say someday or to follow Jesus. And so we're going to spend all of our time in Luke 5 this morning. Let's start there in verse 1. It says, One day, as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. This is actually the very beginning of Jesus' ministry. Jesus is doing what he does best. He is teaching. And as you can see here, again, very beginning stages of his ministry, there are already crowds that are listening to him. In fact, there's so many people there, he's at the Sea of Galilee, that they're starting to kind of press on him. And so he's, he's back up into the water's edge. And so he sees these two boats that are docked there, and he's like, okay, well, I'm just going to get one of those boats. And so he goes and he gets into one of those boats. Now, the owner of this boat is a guy named Simon. I'm just going to tell you what I'm going to do from here on out. Uh, when I read the scripture, I'm going to read Simon. But the rest of the time, when I'm just kind of explaining stuff, I'm going to use his, his name. Jesus gave him as Peter. We know him better as, as Peter. 
So if that totally confuses you, that's my fault, all right? It shouldn't, but just in case. Well, Jesus sees Peter's boat, gets into Peter's boat, tells Peter, hey, can you push off from shore a little bit? Peter does this, and then Jesus finishes up his teaching. One of the things that I've talked to us about before, and I'm going to ask us to do today, is to put ourselves into the person that we're reading about, put ourselves into their place, all right? So I just want you to kind of put your mindset and sort of maybe your feelings, emotions into Peter and what Peter's experience here. Um, here in a little bit, we're going to find out that Peter and his crew have actually been out fishing all night long, and it hasn't been productive at all. all right, we're going to read in a second. They didn't catch any fish at all. So here they are, right? They've come back to shore. They've docked their boats. They've cleaned their boats. They've got all the nets out, and they're repairing the nets. They're cleaning the debris off the nets. They're untangling the nets. So they're getting ready for later on that day because in the evening, they'll go back out and fish again. Nighttime is the best time to fish. And so they'll go back out and try to fish again and catch something. But what's Peter doing, right? He's just living his life. He's just doing his day-to-day job. And, and while he's doing his job, this dude shows up and jumps into one of his boats and tells him to push off from shore so that he can continue to teach. I mean, again, what's Peter's mindset? What, what, is he, what is he wondering right here at, at this point? Like, I'm tired. I am worn out. My body aches. I mean, my hands are, are raw from all the work that we've had to do over the, the last night. I mean, I, I, we're just trying to clean up. Like, we all just want to go home. We just want to have a good meal. We want to see our families. We want to rest. Like, why are you, dude, why are you in my boat, Right? And so you can just imagine what's going through Peter's head. But here we find Peter doesn't fight it. Peter's like, okay, and does exactly what Jesus asked him to do. Verse 4. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go outward as deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. So what does Jesus do? Jesus tells Peter after these people, or after he's done teaching all these people, he's like, hey, Peter, I got a good idea. Why don't you take your boats And uh, why don't you go just a little bit deeper into the water, drop your nets there, and you know what? You're going to catch a bunch of fish. Do you know people like this in your life? Like they think they're experts at everything? Uh, Golf is a great example of this. If you know people who play golf, every golfer thinks they're an incredible expert at golf, right? Uh, About a month or so ago, I was at Laurel Hill Golf Course hitting balls with our our two youngest, and we're just enjoying the day. And um, there's a guy who's hitting golf balls behind us. And uh, unsolicited, uh, my son Jake is hitting balls, and the guy's like, hey, Jake. Or he didn't know his name. I shouldn't say that. But um, that would have been really weird. Like, why do you know my kid's name? (laughs) He's like, hey, uh, dude, here's what you can do to help your swing out. And, And I'm sitting there. I've been watching this guy the whole time. And I'm thinking to myself, no, I think Jake needs to help you with your swing because it's the worst I think I've ever seen. Because people think they're experts at everything. And I'm going to go on a limb and say Peter probably thinks this about Jesus. Like, don't you know I'm a professional fisherman? Like, don't you know I'm an expert at this job and this career that I have? It seems like you're really good at speaking I don't think you know this fishing thing. Why don't you just leave me alone and I'll go about my my business? Well, here's how Peter responds. Verse 5. Master, Simon replied, again, that's Peter. We worked hard all night or all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. 
You ever notice in Peter's fishing stories, he actually never catches any fish, right? And you're like, either he's a terrible fisherman or it's just those moments where we have these stories that come up about him. But I told you, like, he's tired, he's worn out, he just wants to rest, he just wants to go home. Again, put herself in his place. Maybe after a night like that, he's questioning his, questioning his skills as a fisherman. Like maybe, maybe this isn't the job for me. Maybe there's a different future for me. Maybe I need to think about something else. I, I can't take care of my family because I didn't bring any fish home on this particular night. I mean, he, I, I'm sure his, his mind is going a million miles a minute. But Jesus shows up and says, here's what I want you to do. But look at Peter's response there, right? He's not very gung-ho about this, is he? He's not like, oh, Jesus, this sounds great. Let's go. Let's make this happen. You can tell he doesn't really want to do this. Like, because he gives this excuse. That, hey, we just fished all night. We didn't catch anything. Like, there's no fish. They're, they're not biting. Maybe tomorrow night it's going to be great, but not right now. He's giving this excuse. I think he's got this time or this moment he wants to say someday. Like, someday, Jesus, I'll, I'll listen to you. Someday, Jesus, we, we can do that. But, man, we've just really had a hard night, and we're just done and we just want to go home. Not tonight, Jesus, or not today, but someday we'll do what you ask. I think there's a big question that we can ask ourselves right here in the story is, what's your someday? What's that thing in your life that you look at and you know that you need to change? What's that thing in your life that you know that you look at and you're like, I, I need this to, to be different than it is? Like, what's that thing in your life, that area of your life where you look at it and you're like, this is my someday. This is the thing I keep coming back to and saying, hey, I'll work on this someday. For some of us, maybe it's our dealing with our past. Like the things that we've experienced in our past, the, um, the, the memories that we have, the decisions that we've made. Like there's this past that we have and and instead of dealing with it, we keep saying someday. That we don't want to deal with it. We, we don't want to know more about ourselves. We don't really want to go back to those memories. And, and we keep telling ourselves, someday I'll fix this. Someday I'll work on it. Someday I'll, I'll go back and look over my past and get healthy from it. Not today, but someday. Or maybe for you, it's your marriage. Your marriage is broken. It's struggling. It's failing. And you look at it and you're like, I know I need to work on this. I, I know I need to spend time on my marriage. I, I know that this is important. But you know what? I'm too busy. There's too much going on and the calendar's full. And, you know, maybe you got kids. It's like the kids' activities are taking us all over the place. We, I just don't have time right now. Someday, someday I'll fix this. Someday I'll go to counseling. Someday, but not today. Or maybe for someone else, it's your spiritual journey. Like, you know, there's this disconnect between you and Jesus, and, and you're kind of trying, but not really, because you kind of like the kind of the sort of the life that you get to live, and uh, you don't really want to give some of that stuff up, and, and you're looking at your spiritual journey, like, I, I know I should follow Jesus, right? But, but I'm not going to do that now. I'm, I'm going to do that later. I'm just going to kind of do this, this half thing with Jesus. I'll, I'll sort of follow Jesus, but not really. Someday, someday I'll actually grow in my faith. Someday I'll spend more time with Jesus. Someday, but not today. I think every single one of us in this room probably have a someday. And it may be something totally different than all of these here, but someday 
is something that you and I, we struggle with. What is your someday? See, if we go back and look to the story here, here is Peter who's pushing back, right? I mean, honestly, we look at that. His, his first uh, words there are him pushing back on what Jesus has asked him to do. But then he relents. Now, now why does he do this? Maybe peer pressure. Like Jesus just had this huge crowd of people he's teaching to. And when Jesus finished, it wasn't like school where everybody just went away, right? People were probably still milling, mulling around quite a bit. They're still trying to get a piece of Jesus. And, and so maybe Peter sees this. And he's like, I don't want that peer pressure. I, I don't want them to think differently about me. What, what might be the backlash for me if I don't listen to Jesus and do what Jesus says? Or what might be the backlash to my business if I don't do what Jesus has asked? And these people see me go against the wishes of this guy that, that's just told me to do this. And so there could have been some peer pressure there. Maybe Peter has nothing to lose. Maybe Peter has some pretty deep debts he needs to pay off. And he's like, why not? And maybe Peter needs to feed his family. And he doesn't have the money that he needs. And maybe that's what he's looking for. Maybe Peter lives in Fairfax County and he knows that car property taxes are due October 1st. And he's like, I can't pay it. I got to go figure out a way to pay it, right? And if you're in Fairfax County, your car taxes are due October 1st if you didn't know that. But um, whatever the reason is, you can tell that he doesn't really want to do this. But it's like he's saying, someday. Someday, Jesus, this sounds great, but right now I'd really just like to go home and rest and it's been a rough night, and, and someday, Jesus, I'll listen to you. But, but thankfully, even though Peter kind of gives us this pushback, he, he relents. For whatever reason, he relents, and he listens. Let's see what happens. Verse 6. And this time their nets were so full of fish they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. So what's Peter do? He gets in this boat. He goes out to deeper water. He takes his crew with him. Now, again... I'm telling you, put yourself into the story, okay? Put yourself into everything that's happening here. This isn't like a three-minute event that takes place. It's probably a few hours. Can you imagine the discussions going on in that boat with this crew as they go back out? They're like, Peter, what are we doing? Like, Peter, why are you listening to this, dude? Peter, we're tired. We want to go home. We want to rest. Peter, we didn't, we didn't catch any fish last night. Why are we doing this again? Peter, are you going to pay us overtime for this time that we're coming back out here? Like, you just imagine what those discussions would have been like between Peter and his crew. But, but they do what Jesus says. They go a little bit deeper. They put the nets out on the side. And boom, nets are full. And they're so full they're beginning to tear. And now they begin to tear. They call out the other boat like, hey, you got to come help us. And the other boat, they go out there and they, they fill both boats so full of fish that these boats begin to sink. Look at verse 8. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh, Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught. As were the others with him, his partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Now Again, put yourself into Peter's place. You have two boats that are full of fish. In fact, there's so many fish in these boats, these boats are beginning to sink. What are you thinking of? Here's what you're thinking of, right? Because, again, let's put ourselves here. We're going to make a ton of money today, right? 
Like that's where your mind's going to go. We have all these fish. We didn't catch anything. Man, we're going to make so much money. But what happens with Peter? Something kind of clicks in his head. So something changes inside of him. And he realizes this catch of fish, it's not because of his expertise as a fisherman. It's not fisherman's luck, right? He knows that Jesus made this happen. And that's why he says to Jesus, hey, you, you just need to leave me. Hey, I'm a, I'm a sinful person. I don't, I don't need to be around you because of who I am. Now, why does Peter say this about himself? Well, one, I mean, we read he's awestruck. But, but why is he awestruck? Well, maybe it's doubt. Could, could have been when Jesus was like, hey, I want you to go out and you know, I want you to put these nets over the side and you're going to catch all these fish. Maybe for Peter, it's like, okay, whatever. But I don't think it's going to happen because, again, we just fished all night and didn't catch a thing. So maybe it's doubt that's driving Peter to say this. Uh, maybe for Peter, it's anger. Like if you know much about Peter, this one sounds like it might be even more so the case, right? Because Peter's angry that he didn't want to listen to Jesus when Jesus told him to, to, to push out for a little bit so he could teach, right? And maybe he's angry because Jesus got in his boat and didn't ask. Maybe he's angry because Jesus said, hey, get your crew together, take your boat out, let your nets off. And, Jesus, and, and Peter's like, I, I don't want to do any of this. I'm, I, again, I'm tired. I'm worn out. I want to rest. And, and so these feelings and emotions that are probably going through Peter, now he looks at it differently because what Jesus said has come true. And so what does Peter know about himself? What, what does he know has changed? His future has changed because what he's just experienced with Jesus. But then look at what Jesus says to Peter. Verse 10, Jesus says, don't be afraid. Now, this isn't a Halloween scare thing, right? Again, as we go back a little bit, we see it's an awestruck fear that, that Peter has experienced something incredible. Like he, he's experienced something absolutely amazing due to Jesus. And so these words do not fear to Peter like, hey, Peter, don't worry. I'm not, not going to hurt you. Right. I, I, I want you to, to know who I am. And you know what, Peter, all those worries, all those doubts, all that anger that you have. Hey, you can let it go. Peter, you can let go of those some days that you have in your life because now you have me. Maybe those are words you and I need to hear in our own lives. Maybe we need to hear that phrase, do not be afraid. In fact, I think that's a great question for us to think through. What in our life, what fears do we have that keep us holding on to someday? What are those fears that we have in our life that we have a hard time letting go of, and so we just keep saying, someday. See, these fears are, are what hold us back from, I think, being who God has created us to be. Right? These fears are, are the things that keep us from fully following Jesus. And so there's this fear that's there that takes over, again, in all areas of our life. And what we keep doing, we keep saying, someday. Uh, for instance, let's say that you have a family dynamic that's a little rough. Uh, maybe you have some friendships that are, are broken. Maybe your marriage is struggling. And, and so here, here's these things that you know, like, I, I need to work on these. I need, to, I need to get these to a healthy place. And so you see them in front of you. You know what you should do, but you're afraid of the relational tensions that will come from it. 
not to mention there's already relational tensions there, right? But we just kind of look at them like, okay, this isn't really happening. Uh, I'm just going to kind of let, let this go. That tension's already there. And we're just afraid that if we begin to deal with these relationships, those tensions are going to get worse. And so this fear continues to make us say, someday. For others, it may be this fear of dealing with our past. Like we don't want to deal with our past experiences, our past memories, our past decisions. Because we look at our life and we're like, I, I feel okay right now. I mean, I'm doing pretty good for myself. And, and yet that past is still there. And even though we may not know it, it's still influencing who we are today. It's still influencing the relationships that we have. But we don't want to deal with it. And that fear is there that if I deal with it, it's going to bring up those memories. It's going to bring up those experiences. And I, I, don't, I don't want to walk that, that pathway again. Or for some of us, we're afraid to dive into our past. Because those are the moments we're going to have to be honest about who we are. And we honestly don't want to be honest about who we are. And so that fear is there and we continue to say, someday. And so maybe for us, we need to hear those same words that Jesus gave to Peter. Do not be afraid. Because those fears will continue to keep us using that excuse of someday. And when we get so focused on someday, I believe we miss out on something amazing that God wants to do in our life. So if we go back and look at verse 10 here. Jesus says, don't be afraid, but look at the rest of it. It says, from now on, you'll be fishing for people. Peter's had a whole lot go on in his life in a very short time with this encounter with, with Jesus. Think about this. This is probably, in fact, I'm pretty sure, this is his biggest haul of fish ever at one time, right? And not only that, but, but if you think about that, he's getting ready to make the most money he's ever made in one day by taking these fish to market and selling them. Now, Maybe this is the most money he's made in a week or a month, maybe even a year. I mean, there's a lot of fish in these two boats. I mean, there's a, there's a lot that's kind of laid out in front of, of Peter that maybe for you and I, we'd look at that and be like, man, this is great. This is amazing. Just keep walking down that path that, that's, that's there. And Peter could have done that. Peter could have looked and said, hey, you know what? I can finally pay off this debt that I have. You know what, I can take my family on a really nice vacation. We can remodel our house. Um, I can have a really nice bar mitzvah for our kid. Um, you know, there's that Nitro Z19 sports fishing boat I've been looking at. and It's got a nice engine on it. We don't have to row anymore. And maybe that's what he's thinking about. I mean, there's all these things that financially he could have done, right? Like this is the dream scenario for Peter. It would have been the dream scenario for you and for me. But notice what Jesus doesn't say. Jesus doesn't say, hey, Peter, you're going to be rich. He says, Peter, your life is about to change. Like your day-to-day, -day, your normal life is about to be different. You're not going to be fishing for fish anymore. You're going to be fishing for people. And this really is the turning point in Peter's life. And in fact, that word, that term there used, uh, that Jesus uses fishing is important because there's a couple of pieces to this that helps us understand this future that Jesus has for Peter. First, there's the tense of this word fishing. 
it actually, the tense used is a continuous action, okay? Here's Jesus who's telling Peter, hey, Peter, this isn't just for a moment. This isn't just for a week. This isn't for a year, a couple of years. This is what your life is going to look like from here on out to the day that you die. This is this continuous action that you're going to fish for people. But that term fishing that's used there, it's also important because the one that Jesus uses means to catch alive. What's Peter been doing his whole life? He's been catching fish and killing them, right? So people could eat them. So here's Jesus who's coming in and saying, hey, you're going to catch people, but you're not going to kill them. You're going to catch people and you're going to give them life. And that life that you're going to give them is going to come through me. And so I see what Peter is experiencing here. And here's Jesus like, hey, Peter, let go of your some days. Let go of your fears and follow me. What does Peter do? Verse 11. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. Again, let's think about Peter. Peter could have said, hey, thanks, Jesus. I appreciate this. Thanks for your time. Thanks for these fish. As you can see, i got a lot of fish here. And I get all these fish to market. And then when I get these fish to market, I'm going to make all this money. And I've got all these plans with this money that I, I have. He could have said that, right? Thanks. Someday I'll follow you, Jesus, but not today. And if you and I were in that same position that Peter's in right then in that moment, how many of us would have said someday? Like, hey, thanks, Jesus. Appreciate it. Love you. Good work. This is good stuff. Going to be rich. Got a lot of fish. Got it busy and working. Schedule's crazy. Got the kids. Got the house. Hey, this is all wonderful. Thanks. But someday I'll follow you and not today. See, what's the difference here with Peter? Peter decides that he wants to change. And that really is the last question that I think we can pull out of this story, of this event in Peter's life, is do you want to change? Do you want to change? Because we can keep saying someday, right? Someday I'll fix this. Someday I'll work on this. Someday I will change. Someday I'll be different. And like that gym equipment, we could have some really good intentions to work on these areas of our life, but we keep coming back to someday. The question is, do you want to change? Do you want to get the help that you need? Do you want to work on your marriage? Do you want to build relationships here in the church? Do you want to serve? Do you want to follow Jesus? Do you want to change? And here's what I'll tell you. I believe we all want to change. I think every single one of us can look at our lives and say, we have some days. And as we look at those some days, we can say, hey, I really want this to be different. I really want this to change. But someday keeps showing back up in our life. And let me tell you what happens when you get to this place where instead of choosing to change, choosing to be different, choosing to fully follow Jesus, at some point, as we keep saying some days, someday shows up at your front door. And when someday shows up at your front door, what you're going to say is, oh, man, and you can use other words there, whatever fits for you, I should have worked on someday back then because now look where I am. Because when we continue to use someday as an excuse for our life, man, we don't get any better. The pain gets worse. The hurt is is more than we've ever experienced. The brokenness, the loneliness, all those things, they're just so much worse because we keep saying someday, someday, someday. But someday we'll come and, and knock on the door 
And at that point, we will pay the price for someday. But Jesus shows up in Peter's life and says, Peter, let go of someday. Peter, let go of your fears. Peter, follow me. And what do we see happens here? Peter drops everything and follows Jesus. He gives up this huge haul of fish. He gives up all this money he would have made. He gives up his job. He gives up this life that he's so used to to follow Jesus. Why? It's because Peter wanted to change. Do you and I want to change? Maybe for you, again, it's your spiritual journey that you're on. And maybe you have a relationship with Jesus and you're still working on it. It's not perfect, and that's fine because I don't think anybody's relationship is perfect. But maybe you're trying to figure out some things like, what, what, what am I missing here? And so maybe for you it's like, I need to spend more time with Jesus. But someday it keeps showing up, right? We keep like, someday I'll do that. Someday I'll read more scripture. Someday I'll pray. Maybe for you it's just like, all right, I can't say someday anymore. I need to say, okay, here's what I'm going to do. Every day I'm, gonna, I'm just going to read one verse of scripture. And I'm going to pray a minute prayer. But I can tell you that will begin to change your life. And so maybe that's where you are in your spiritual journey. For somebody else, it may be like, man, I, I'm trying to follow Jesus, and I know there's this big step I need to take. I know I need to be baptized. I need to take that step and say, hey, I'm, I'm a sinner. I, I messed up. I'm missing the mark, and I need to take this huge step like, hey, I am all in. I, I really want to follow Jesus. And maybe that's the place that you're at right now. And if it is, we would love to talk to you about that. You can go to our uh, app and to the Connect card and say, hey, interested in baptism. Uh, Joel's going to be doing a, a Zoom baptism class here in a few weeks. So um, look, be looking for, for that. Or maybe it's the QR code in front of you. Just go to the guest tent after you, we finish today. Like, hey, I got questions about baptism. We'd love to answer those questions. Maybe that's where you are in your spiritual journey. That you need to stop saying someday and take that step to fully be all in with Jesus. Look, if I take this back to groups, we believe life change happens in groups. That's why we invite you to be in groups. Do you want to experience life-giving relationships with other people? Do you want to experience what it's like to celebrate the things that are happening in your life with others? Do you want to experience what it's like to celebrate what's happening in other people's lives in a group setting? Do you, do you, do you want to carry somebody else's burdens while they carry yours? Do you want to do life together with other people? Right, because the question is, do you want to change? And I can tell you that some change may happen here on a Sunday, but true change happens in groups. Don't let your good intentions take over your life. And by the way, I say you, I mean myself too, because I do it also. That I have these good intentions, and, and if these good intentions, I'll still say, hey, someday I'll fix that. Someday I'll work on that. Someday I'll be different. Someday I'll change. But we don't have to live that kind of life. We can let go of those fears. We can let go of those excuses. We can let go of those some days. And we can be like Peter and say, Jesus, I will follow you.